going to receive it. You're saying, you know what? I'm going to be different. I'm going to think different. I'm going to know stuff I didn't know before. I'm going to make the right decision. I don't know what to do right now, but God's going to give me wisdom. I'm receiving it right now. I'm going to think different, act different, behave different, and I'm going to get different results. So that's why you see in Galatians, it says this. It says, uh, it says, don't be, mock, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. See, this is a whole deceiving, mocking thing. For you're going to reap what you sow if you don't faint. Now, the idea is that there's a process. And some people say, that's true. I'm just waiting on my blessing. No, you got to receive wisdom and wait for your wisdom to take effect. You get in a mess through a process, and you get out of a mess through a process. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. You didn't get in it overnight. You ain't going to get out of it overnight. So the reaping may take a while, but the wisdom comes right now. You can change the way you think right now. The Bible says when you give, it will be given to you. So today you're not just saying, I'm giving. You're sowing to the Spirit, and you're reaping what God promised. How many of you want wisdom? Wisdom's better than money. Wisdom will tell you how to get the money. I could give you a fish, but wouldn't it be better if I taught you how to fish? And that's how God views it. Ask me for the source, not the resource. The source of your blessing on your life is not just favor, it's wisdom. It's not just God's money falling from the sky. It's the ability to understand what to do, when to do it, and to actually do it. And I'm just trying to get you hungry. And I'm going to read you a scripture because when you give, the Bible says you're going to receive. When you sow to the Spirit, you're going to reap. When you sow to the Spirit, you're going to reap in your spirit from the Spirit. What are you going to reap? Somebody say wisdom. So you're going to reap wisdom right now. And then you're going to start making better decisions. You're going to start thinking better. And over the process of the time, you're going to start reaping from what you received. Are you with me? You don't reap wisdom. You don't reap the benefits of wisdom right now. You just reap it because you start making different decisions. And over time, when you say no to that boat a few times, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. When you say no to that thing and no to that stuff or no to that decision, you say no for a long time, you'll start finding that, look, I got money in the bank. What? And so you'll start, you say, you know what? I was giving and look what happened. Now I have more than I had before. It wasn't magic. Money didn't fall from the sky. You changed God changed you, and you changed your world. God wants you to be like him. He doesn't want to just, you always needed miracles. He wants to do the miracle of wisdom. So today, when you give, don't just give. Sow. Sow to the Spirit. And when you sow to the Spirit, you're going to reap life. Are you with me? Say, I'm going to reap. I'm going to just get you thirsty one more time. Proverbs 3, 13, 16 says this. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. And the man who gains understanding, for her proceeds are better than the profits of silver. Her gains than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies. And all the things that you may desire cannot compare to her. Length of days is in her right hand, and riches and honor is in her left hand. How many want wisdom? All right, Father, in Jesus' name as we give. We give from our life, from our resources. We sow into the Spirit. And we make a spiritual transaction. As we sow to the Spirit, we reap into our spirit. If you don't mind, just lift your hand and say, I reap wisdom. I release my faith as I give. And I receive wisdom. I declare 
And I confess, you're changing me. And when I change, everything changes. I receive it now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give him praise, y'all. You guys are like, wow, hey, Todd, you had a secret microphone. You had the magic microphone. Um, you guys are like superheroes. It's Memorial Day weekend, and you're like, I'm going to church. You remembered to come to church. Good to you. Good for you. Look at somebody say, I think you're like a Christian superhero or something because you're in church on Memorial Day. But you're just wise because you're going to reap something today. Come on, to Memorial Day, we remember those who suffered and died and struggled and lost limb and life for our freedom. So every time the flag or something like that's disrespected, you're disrespecting the sacrifice of those people. That's why we respect the flag, not because of the color, but we respect, we respect the price that was paid for this great freedom. This is a flawed country with lots of problems, but it's still the best in the entire world. And it's the best for you because it's the one that God put you in. And it's easy to be critical of America because there's a lot of problems. But I thank God that in this country we have the opportunity to change things. We can vote, we can work, we can give, we can change. And so we remember those people who made such a great sacrifice. But I also want you to remember the, the fact that when God wants something like a country born, God puts it in the hearts of men to make a sacrifice. So I don't want you to just remember that it was men, because men didn't form this country. It wasn't just their blood. It was the Spirit of God. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. It was the Spirit of God who put it in the hearts of men that we would not be in bondage, but that we would be free. And from that Spirit that God gave us, men made great sacrifices. And so when we remember those men and their sacrifices, remember the God who put it in their heart, who favored you so that you would be raised up in a great free country where you can say what you want and do what you want. Become what you want to be. This is the uh, Ray Charles version. I like it better of than, the, than the ordinary. So, But he does this little verse first that I can remember it. Oh, beautiful. For he rose true. In liberating
bless your military. If your military are going to salute, oh, see. Can you see?
too emotional. So, uh, so I'm in love, period. I hope you're in love too. <laughs> Changing subjects. I love what Becca was saying, but her testimony was so powerful. And I really felt like I could move on. Past talking about faith, I felt the Holy Spirit wanted me to uh, talk about faith more. I love it because it really is what um, really opens up your mind to the possibility in life. It, it, it um, brings you to a place where you can go beyond yourself and do things that you never dreamed you could do. Faith is that thing that, that causes us to connect with God's power in our life. And so I want to talk to you a little more. I want to talk to you about faith that you can see. Let's read Mark, the second chapter, the second verse. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them. Not even near the door. And he preached the words to them and they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, let your word become alive to us. Let it change the way we think, the way we feel, the way we act, the way we live. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Well, the finishing of the story says, immediately he arose, took up his bed, went out into the presence of them all. So they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Now, we need to understand that I, I love this because it's clear that you can see faith. There is a faith that you can see. And it began to stir in my heart, like, wait a second. This is super important because we, we talked about the pick, which was to prepare, which is to Know what it is you want and what God's promises are. Prepare, P-I, incubate, which means to begin to, with the Holy Spirit, meditate and begin to visualize what God wants to do until you get a title deed. We talked about that, getting a title, an assurance, like it says in Hebrews 11. And then C means confess, which is to confess. And God said, let there be light. Whatsoever things you desire, believe that you have them. And then the, the mountain, when you speak to it, the Bible says you'll have what you say. So the confession begins to begin to declare through a confession what it is that uh, God has promised you. That's how faith works, the pick. But when I read this, I realized that there's an A because there's an action to faith as well many times. Not always. Sometimes a confession is just the beginning of something. And faith uh, is, uh, is culminated when you do something. Because the Bible says they could see it. It didn't say they could hear their confession. It said they could see the faith of these four guys or the family that they represented. So we want to, we want to add something to faith here besides the pick, which is a confession, because there is an action that goes on to faith. Not always, but many times in the case of miracles, there's an action that accompanies faith. Now, difficult circumstances will reveal the level of your faith. As long as the, that's why, you know, you don't see lots and lots of miracles in America because people can work it out. Diane had a little problem with her knee. I won't say what it was. <laughs> I'm almost in trouble. I'm right there. If I even go any further, it, it could get bad. 
it could be a bad day tomorrow. <laughs> so I'll just change it. But anyway, she, so, so she said, you know, I, I think I might need to go to the doctor on this deal. And I said, well, you know, okay, whatever. She said, I'm going to try it. So she went on the internet, some, some kind of an app, some kind of a deal. And a doctor came on the screen, told her what to do and prescribed her medicine. She never left the house. It was like 60 bucks. And then they brought groceries from the grocery store for her. She just like, I just sit here in the room and people just do stuff. I'm like, you know, in America, you got somebody to drive you somewhere, pick up your groceries. You, the doctor comes to your house through the video. I mean, more and more people don't really need God. And I don't mean that in, in putting down technology because, you know, I take advantage of it just like you. And I enjoy it. But, but one of the downsides is uh, when something comes that you can't control or that you can't get an app, or that you can't get some kind of connection. And when a doctor can't do anything for, for you, we're going to find out a crisis comes or something happens. And it's going to test the level of your faith. You're going to find out what's real. Because we will always first reach for the thing that we can do to handle it. Right? We're always Martha first, then we're married. Right? You want to know, I can do it, I can handle it. And you got to come to the point where you can't handle it. And when you can't handle it, you either slip into despair or you rise into faith. You either dial your faith level up or dial your vision for your life down. See, the opportunity for faith arises when you realize that what you have is just not enough. And that's what happened with this boy. Of course, they, he's obviously in a family. They obviously love him. He's paralyzed. You know they, they got the doctor, whatever they had. You know they prayed for him. They went and got the priest. You know, they... Everybody tells you what you should do. He, they probably tried everything. They're at the point of desperation. And that we're, we're only thing you can do is either you stress out and get depressed and just get defeated or something has to come to you that pulls you out of that thing. Difficult circumstances brings everybody to this choice. Either you come into faith or you sink into despair. I'm talking about impossible situations bring you to a choice. Either you're going to sink into despair or you're going to rise into faith. Now, God won't make that decision for you. That's what we're going to find out about you now. When you spend all you can spend, did all you can do, heard all you can hear, and then suddenly it's not enough, and then you're either going to get depressed and wonder if God exists or loves you and start having a pity party, or you're going to rise up in faith and say, God made me promises and I'm about to go to war. And so that's where this begins. They're at that place and they hear. I'm implying this because I know they didn't just go to this house on their own. It's implied that they heard that Jesus was in town. He was a miracle worker and that they could get some help for this boy if they could just get him there. They heard. They heard. Can you say it with me? They heard. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes. Look at somebody say, faith comes. Don't be embarrassed because you don't have faith. Faith comes. Don't say, well, you know, my best friend has faith. Look, I didn't have it before. It came. Faith comes. Faith comes. By hearing. See, they heard something. They heard a rumor that they... Believed to be true and hopeful. Like this guy heals people. 
Jesus is in town. He heals people. And so when they heard this word, they moved into action. Now, I, I just want to say that when, you, when they heard they must have come into hope, then they envisioned God's changing this situation that they were facing. They, they, in other words, the whole transaction of faith, they went through the whole pick and right to action. It tells me that faith doesn't take two years to come into your life. It can happen in a moment, like this guy. And not only did it happen in a moment, it happened in a moment with a group of people. All of them came into faith. And you say, well, they, they just wanted to try to get there. No, there was something supernatural. Jesus didn't say that you're just trying to help this boy out, that I'm just, you had compassion. He said he saw their faith, that they came into something supernatural. Now, there's one thing about hearing and hoping, but there's another thing about hearing that produces faith. Hearing that produces faith is you heard something, and it was God's. See, when Beck was telling that story, you say, man, I'd like to hear that. Well, yeah, that's what faith is. You heard something. Because that's the power to change. When you hear something, so not only did they hear it, the whole group heard it. At one time, faith was born. They went from hope. They envisioned. They came to a plan. They felt like they had to do something, and bam, they went into action. And the Bible called that right there, faith that you can see. So that's important, isn't it? Faith is born at the specific moment we hear a voice encouraging us to go for it. Listen, there's always voices in the world. Some of them's you, some of the TV, some's your friends. But then there's that voice she was talking about. Faith is born at the specific moment a voice comes to you and says, go for it. And you know that wasn't you. You know, you can always talk yourself out of things, and you can get confused. Well, should we, shouldn't we? I don't know. I thought I should, but I'm not. When that voice comes, the word faith means stable and solid and unmovable. When that comes, you're like, oh, we're doing it. Oh, it's going down. You know what I'm talking about? It's a faith that is something happens. You hear that voice, and you don't know exactly. You can't. You know, some of you are not like super spiritual, so you can't say the Holy Spirit spoke to me. But you know something said something. And you know you heard something. And it was different than all the other stuff that you heard. And it was something that made you feel solid. Something that made you feel you went right beyond hope, right into faith. And you started seeing things. This could happen. This, matter of fact, this is going to happen. They owned it. They had a title deed. They had an assurance at that moment. And it was coupled with an action. Number two. Well, let me, I, that was, number, you missed number one. Number one, faith must be conceived. I'm already number two. Number two, faith becomes action. Faith becomes action. Now, look, not always. Not always in a sense. I think it always has an action. It doesn't always become an action. But in many cases, especially in the miraculous, faith becomes an action. Mark eleven twenty three. Verily I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, there's an action, be removed and be cast into the sea, shall down his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say to you that what things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, you shall have them. Now we, we went through that, but I wanted you to see it's totally consistent with what's happening here. 
They heard a word. They set a goal. They incubated and visualized it in that moment. They got an assurance. They confessed. When we bring him, he's going to get healed. They made a confession, and they said, let's hook it up. Now, that part of it, I think, becomes huge in life because all of us at some point need to do something. It's not enough to just confess, Lord, I'm just confessing that I lose, I'm going to lose weight. I confess the weight is lost in Jesus' name. I have a title deed. At some point, something's got to happen. <laughs> I mean, you get what I'm saying? You can't eat Twinkies all day, I don't think. There's going to be some action or some action's got to stop or something's going to happen because faith is going to produce some, something. Right? I'm not saying it can't be completely miraculous, but many times when God wants to do something awesome and supernatural, you come into faith and then there becomes a voice starts beginning to speak to you how to get this thing done. What you need to do, how you're going to talk to your kids, what decision you're going to make, boom, 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 boom. And God begins to say, do this. Have you ever had one of those situations where you, you look back and say, man, if I hadn't done that, where would we be right now? If I hadn't done that at that time, what would have happened? And you realize that faith was more than a feeling. Faith had to be, they had to take an act. They had to have an action. Immediate action. For example, I was just talking a minute ago. Giving is an action. The Bible says, give and it shall be given to you. Because in that sense, faith is an action. It's not just a belief. It's not just a confession. It's something you're doing. And when Jesus sees your faith, miracles happen. Some, for some people, taking a job is an action. I'm just taking that. Or starting a business. It's an action. Sending a letter to someone that you've been mad at forever. Sometimes you believe God that you're right with them, and the Holy Spirit says, okay, now we're going to take some action. I want to see some faith now. I want you to write that letter. Say you were an idiot. I was an idiot. Starting a church, like evidently. Faith is an act many times. Or me, returning to a church. Faith is something you do. Faith is when you hear from God and then God sees that faith and God responds to the fact that you believe something so deeply you're willing to do something. Many times faith produces more than a confession. It becomes an action and releases a miracle. Jesus had all kinds of unusual actions. Jesus illustrated this with his life. Remember, well, let's just read it. Uh, John 9, 4 through 7. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day. The night comes and no man can work. So as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And when he had thus spoken, he spit on the ground and made clay of spittle. And he anointed his eyes of the blind man with clay and said, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. And he went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. Ah, Jesus didn't say just be healed. First of all, Holy Spirit said, I want you to do something. Spit in some mud, rubbing on the boy's eye. You know, that's just uncomfortable. It sounds good in the Bible, but if I did it today, you'd be like, that boy's crazy. You know the Holy Spirit didn't say for him to spit in those people's face. You know it did Okay, if they saw you would believe it. 
It doesn't have to make sense. Every action that comes from the Holy Spirit doesn't have to make, you know, logical sense. Some people think, well, if it's the Holy Spirit, it's going to be logical. You don't know the Holy Spirit if you think that because he's probably the opposite. You might want to say if it's logical, you know that wasn't the Holy Ghost. (laughs) So it's good. God wants to get you out of it. Sometimes God says, no, I want you to do something. And then I want you to tell that boy to do something. Tell him to go wash in the pool. And the guy's like, why did I have to go wash in the pool? Everybody else, you just spoke to them. Just wash in the pool. When they get mud in my eyes, hey, I don't know. God just says stuff sometimes. You just got to do it. Right? I heard a guy, I think his name was Mark, uh, what was his name? Randy Cutlip. He was horribly sick to, this, to, the, to the point of death, and he was believing God and praying for a healing. And he's looking out the window, and God said, go eat the bark off that tree. And he was like, that's crazy. If I do that, my neighbor Midge is going to think I'm crazy. And the Holy Spirit said, every day, the Holy Spirit said, look, go eat that bark. And he was like, oh, come on, please. And so finally he goes out there, grabs a teeny piece, and pretty soon he starts eating and liking it. I, I added that part. <laughs> Put it on the cereal. But whatever happened, uh, he, did, he got healed. And I'm sure it wasn't the bark that healed him, but it is obedient sometimes. Just say, okay, if you say eat the bark, I'm going for it. Now, I don't, don't go do that because I said. And don't tell people, yo, Pastor Ray's just telling people. You remember those, it was 10 lepers came to Jesus. And of course, no nose, no arm, no legs. They're coming to Jesus, 10 of them. And, and they, said, they said, have mercy on us. And Jesus didn't say, be thou healed in Jesus' name. Jesus didn't spit on He didn't say go wash. He said, turn around, go to the priest and show yourself. They were like, yo, I still don't have a hand. <laughs> I mean, what am I going to show them? I don't have a nose. I'm missing two ears. What am I going to say when they see me? I'm covered with white leprosy. Oh my God. But you know what? Jesus said, go do it. They're like, all right. It's true. And while they were walking, suddenly, bam, their hand came out. Their leg came out. Their nose came back. They're like, this is awesome. They just had to start doing something, but it didn't make any sense. Faith at that point was, I, at your word, I'm going to do it. Do you remember when Jesus was first calling his disciples into the ministry? He preached in Peter's boat. A fisherman, he's down by the seashore. They're washing their nets. been fishing all night aggravated, tired, bored, you know, bummed out. And then Jesus said, after he preached, he said, okay, go out into the deep and cast down your net. And Peter said, all night. We've been all night. And I can tell you, there ain't nothing there. We fished all night. But he said, but at your word, I'm going to do it. He said, don't just go out in the deep. Don't just go out. Go in the deep. And cast your net. Don't just look at it and see. The, just do what I'm telling you. And the Bible says he caught so many fish, uh, he had to call for help, and it was, it was drowning all those boats, sinking all those boats. See, working is fun when it's based on a word. Doing things is awesome. It, look, I, I can I could paint that building over there by myself if God said do it. And I could, and I would like every moment of it. But if it's just an ordinary day... That bad boy looks like somebody else's job. <laughs> I'm starting to believe God for some money. Because <laughs> I'm like, look, I think, well, look, that's bigger than you thought it was. But if God said do it, it's, much, it's a different kind of 
work. It's a different kind of action when it's an action that you feel some juice when you start doing it. You feel something's on that. This is not just, listen, work will produce results. Obedience produces miracles. You want to work? You'll just get tired. Nothing wrong with work. I like work. I love to work. I like to get stuff done. Getting stuff done is nothing like getting a miracle. Don't get hooked on getting stuff done. Because this action that's based on a voice is the kind of action that's like got some self-perpetuating power inside of it. Are you with me? I heard Smith Wilgersworth, a great healing apostle, there was a guy who had a huge tumor in his stomach, a cancerous tumor in his stomach, and he came to a prayer meeting, and the Holy Spirit spoke to Smith Wigglesworth and said, punch him in the stomach. And Smith Wigglesworth, of course, just went, bam! Everybody was like, this is the devil. You know that wasn't God. I mean, he just punched the boy, and uh, that's how Houdini died, by the way. Somebody punched him. Another story. <laughs> but, he, but he punched the guy in the stomach, and the guy was healed. We're talking about it today. It could have been a much different story had the guy died. <laughs> we were talking about how Smith had a jail ministry back in the 50s. One of the young people from our church, uh, you know, was reading Smith Willsworth, hearing about faith, and, and he was really with a lot of souls. His name was Norman. Some of you know Norman. And Norman had a, a group, about 60 or 70 Latin people in New Orleans he was working with. And he was, you know, they started to see him. He's a teenager. They started seeing him as a pastor. And so they... They called him, his Latin family called him and said, you got to come over, you got to come over, just come right now, just come right now. He said, what, what, you just got to come right now. So when they came to the, he came to the house, it was in the living room, and uh, they said, it's the dog, it's our dog, right, our dog. And the dog was, you know, his back legs wasn't working. He was just, and they were like, this is going to, you know, for me, I'm going to say, it looks like your dog's got to be put down. That's what, that's what I say. And they said, listen, I mean, I'm going to go right logical on that. I'm like, let's go get another dog and just give him the same name as that dog. What was his name? All right, let's call him that, Roscoe. It's Roscoe 2. Roscoe 1 is going down, and I was just sorry about it. That would have been my pastoral advice. But he had an anointing of faith on him. And they said, would you just pray for our Just pray for, for our, I don't know if it's Roscoe, but let's pretend. Let's just pray for our dog. It was Spanish, so let's call him, you know, Juan Valdez. <laughs> let's just pray for him. And so, and so they were, uh, you know, when he picked him up to pray for him, and he feels awkward, he said everybody had their heads bowed. And he was like, he didn't know what to say. He was trying to, like, speak in tongues, and he didn't know what to do. And then the Holy Spirit said, spank the dog. He said, spank the dog. So he said, I'm going to embellish a little bit because I don't know the whole story. But he told everybody, like, hey, y'all just keep praying right now. And so he tried a little like a, a, little, like a tap. And the Holy Spirit said, I didn't say tap. I said spank the dogs behind. And so he said, all right, tap. And when he did, that dog jumped up, started running around the house. They all started crying. They had a revival. Look at somebody say, spank the dog. <laughs> sometimes you just got to spank the dog, man. Sometimes God's telling you something that's just not logical. Nobody understands it. Nobody's going to think it's cool. But you just do it, and then the miracle happens. 
I love that story. <laughs> let me finish by saying faith overcomes. Uh, actually, let me just finish right there. Because I'm having so much fun. Uh, let's not ruin it now. <laughs> we'll finish next week. Because I want to talk about faith uh, overcoming obstacles next week. Because that's in itself a huge topic. And faith breaking through. How many want to break through? And we're going to talk about that next week. So it's going to be awesome. I think we can end on that, on that uh, bank the dog story. I, I'm not sure if we're ever going to get past that anyway, no matter what I say. <laughs> but, you know, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, when faith really comes, real faith, when real faith is born in us, then he'll, be, he'll begin to tell you something that you need to do that's going to cause the miracle to break through, especially if, if it's your, your young people, your children. You're praying for your children. You see them being great. And then God might tell you something to do. I mean, it might be drastic. But you know what? Just do it. Don't be desperate. Be obedient. And your finances. God might tell you, you know, you think you need that. Get rid of it. Last Whatever. Just get rid of it. Listen. To obey is better than sacrifice. Some of you think you've got to keep doing things. You don't have to keep doing. Let it go. Sometimes God has something that he's, and, and somehow in your heart of hearts, you already know what to do. I don't even have to tell you. You already know, but you're not doing it because maybe you don't understand it. You know, maybe you think it's too drastic. But look, God's, God, faith is all about just God finding out if he can trust you by seeing if you can trust him. And you just have to say Yes. I didn't know it was going to happen to me when I gave my life to Christ. But I couldn't resist. And I said yes. And nobody had to tell me not to do something, not to smoke dope, not to do that. I just did like I thought, man, I, I'm out. I'm out of that. I'm in this. And I, I started making all kinds. I started buying Christian records. I started, you know, I, I didn't have to go to a class. I had a voice inside me saying, do this. Don't do that anymore. Do this. All faith contains this voice in it. It's not just the voice that brings you in, but the, it's the voice that breaks you through. It's the voice that brings the miracle. It says, just man, do it. Now, I'm not saying just do, because I think, you know, we can't skip the faith part and go right to the, I'm going to do something. You got to come into great faith or you're just doing stuff. And, you're skipping that time with God. But when you have that time with God, there's a voice in it that says, listen, man, don't work yourself silly. Just believe. Your life's going to be really cool if you'll stop working so hard and just start obedience. You know, just start doing the thing that God told you to do. All the stuff that you are just stressed about, that ain't from God. If you're stressed, nervous, worn out, tired, you're doing something that didn't come from God. You're not obedient. You're just doing. You're just working. I'm working for God. Well, how about if you're going to work for God, what about do the stuff he told you to do? And, and leave all the rest of it. And, just, and, and it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. You just got to say, you know what? I'm going to move into a life of the miraculous. You move into the life of the miraculous by allowing faith to become action. Let God see your faith. All right? Come on, you stand up with me. Just lift your hands to Jesus. And look, I, I'm a prime example of just wanting to do stuff because I know how to do it. 
But Peter said, Lord, but at your word, I don't know anything. I'll go back out and do what you said to do it. I would rather one moment of obedience than a whole night of doing what I can do. I like the fruit of obedience rather than the, the, the uh, results of my labor. And look, you're going to come into a great peace in your life. And God is, a, you're thinking, oh, this is, I'm just, it's just up to, no, this, if you don't mind, just lift your hands, let all that stress go from your life. God's about to make it simple for you. He's about to turn it into just a life of faith. What is it that you want? Believe God for it. Stand on his word. Begin to visualize the end from the beginning. Begin to confess and prophesy to those bones. And say, hear the word of the Lord. Don't be stressed. Let faith arise. And then, listen. And when he tells you to do, do something, do it. Do it. So while your hands are up, I just want you to surrender if you don't mind. Say, Lord, I surrender. Take in charge of everything. I want to be responsible. But I acknowledge today that I'm only responsible to obey you. And I confess that being responsible is obedience. And I determine right now, and I declare from this moment forward, I'm going to step into the realm of the miraculous. I'm going to live a miraculous life. I'm going to have a faith that you can see. The things that I've asked you for, that I'm believing you for, I'm going to obey and I'm going to begin to do them. I'm going to do stuff I couldn't do before. When you said take up your bed and walk, he did what he couldn't do before. I declare over my life, I'm going to start doing things I couldn't do before. At your word, I will move. I yield, and I'm excited about this miraculous adventure. Come on, if you don't mind, just right now, just receive. The peace of the Holy Spirit comes over your life. The peace, God loves you, even if you just made huge mistakes. God's not concerned about your mistakes. God can turn all that around in a moment. He just has to turn you around and get all that stress. Where you are is not just the mistakes that you made. The biggest mistake you made was leaving God out of it. So right now, let's have a prayer of repentance. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I repent. I change my mind from doing it my way. I'm going to do it your way. doesn't matter what I want. I just yield. And I repent. I'm happy to obey. Let me do something crazy. Let me do something awesome. Let me do something fun. Let me be excited about life. Let me move in the realm of the supernatural. Let my life be marked with the miraculous. I yield and I receive and I declare this is my life. From this day on, no stress, no worry just faith and obedience I'm entering in with my mind with my emotion with my body with my family I'm entering in to the realm 
of miracles. I'm moving in faith that you can see. Come on, lift your hand. Father, let that anointing of faith come upon your people. Let that anointing of ease and obedience and joy be upon your people. Let them enjoy being awesome for God. Teach them to wait on you and renew their strength. Renew their youth like the eagles. Cause energy and strength and creativity and resources to come to them as they walk in obedience. Let healing flow. Let joy flow. Turn around every difficult situation through listening to that voice. Remove confusion and anxiety and release the word of the Lord. Come on, if you don't mind, just kind of just, let's just give the Lord a wave offering saying, this means, Lord, that's me right there. That's me. That's what I'm having. That's what I'm having. I'm having some of that. I'm going to have that in my life. I'm right here. I receive it. 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 Come on, everybody in the house say, I receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life. From this moment on, old things pass away. Everything becomes new. I declare that my past is behind me. A great future is ahead of me. And heaven is my home. From this moment on, Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. And everybody said, come on, give God a shout, everybody. Woo! Have a great Memorial Day weekend.